Welcome to The Greek Current, a podcast by Halk and Kathy Merini. I'm your host, Thanos Davelis. The Hamas attack against Israel has upended the Middle East, and Egypt and its president, Abdel Fattah al-Sisi, like many others in the region, have been feeling the pressure. Given his unpopularity amid an economic crisis and broad pro-Palestinian sentiment among the Egyptian public, Egypt's president is likely to be careful on how he manages the conflict in Gaza. At the same time, Sisi has invited world leaders, including Greece's Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis, to Cairo this weekend for talks on the Palestinian issue. Dr. Nirvana Mahmoud joins me to discuss how the war in Gaza is impacting Egypt and President Sisi, look at the upcoming summit in Cairo, and explore how the Hamas attack has hijacked key initiatives for peace across the Middle East and the Eastern Mediterranean. Dr. Nirvana Mahmoud is a regional observer and independent commentator who writes mainly about Egypt, liberal Islam, women's rights, radicalism, and wider issues about the Middle East. Her work has been featured in major outlets and publications, and she also publishes a regular newsletter on Egypt. Nirvana, it's great having you back on The Greek Current. Thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. Nirvana, has this Hamas attack on Israel and the ensuing rounds of violence put Egyptian President Sisi in the hot seat? That's an interesting question, and thanks for asking that. It's yes and no. Let's just look at the facts before the crisis started. All the headlines about Egypt was how Egypt in a dire economic situation, the election, whether it will be free and fair, whether Sisi will last, how popular he is. And suddenly the war started and nobody talked about that anymore. So President Sisi perhaps feel at ease from that side or, or feel that the news is distracted from all that aspect. But it depends on how the war will evolve and how the crisis will be managed. Long term, the longer the crisis, the more it will put the president into a very hot seat, as you mentioned, because there will be a lot of challenging decisions to make. What does Sisi need to be careful about as this unfolds? Obviously, his priority is Egypt as a country, maintaining its territorial integrity stop it from being dragged into war that Egypt didn't ask for, maintaining the benefit of the peace treaty between Egypt and Israel, that despite the coldness among the Egyptian people, the treaty survived for more than 40 years, and prevent the Palestinian from resettling in Sinai, which is a very sensitive topic in Egypt. Egypt doesn't want Sinai to be an alternate homeland for the people of Gaza. Nirvana, on Thursday, we saw reports that the border crossing from Egypt to Gaza would be open for humanitarian aid. How important is this step? That's very important for Egypt and for the president because it's a balancing act for Egypt. Although Egypt doesn't want to accept refugees from Gaza to Sinai for a lot of reasons, but on the same time doesn't want to look as if it is participating into the siege of Gaza and want aid to reach the people of Gaza, the civilian who are struggling in the war. And from day one, Egypt welcomed aid from every other country willing to send aid to Gaza. The designated Arish airport and port, which is in North Sinai, for all the aid to arrive, which did. A lot of countries sent aid. I'm aware of United Arab Emirates, Turkey and other countries have already sent aid. And even the United States pledged aid to Gaza, uh, civilians. And now it's just a logistic of opening the border and make this aid reach the civilian. And this logistic is very complex. And there are so many talks behind the scene about the safety 
of opening the border. The border was shelled four times. Who is behind the shelling? The accusation against Israel, but there is counter-accusation from Israel against the militant groups. There is also fear that the aid will be confiscated by Hamas. And we saw President Biden saying if there are proof that Hamas confiscating the aid, then the U.S. will not support sending aid or something down that line. So that is another fear. So among all the risk of what is unfolding in Gaza, sending the aid to the people it's need while maintaining the integrity of the border is a huge challenge for Egypt. I want to bring us back to the issue of refugees from Gaza. Yes. You've made it clear that Egypt is very concerned about this. You know, why is that? There are so many factors into that equation. Number one is the memory of 1948. In 1948, when the war erupted between Arab armies and Israel, Palestinian civilians left their homes in the hope that this will be a temporary arrangement and they will go back soon once the war is ended. But that didn't happen. And they end up being refugees in the Arab countries around Israel, from Lebanon to Jordan, etc. So nobody in the Arab world, especially Egypt, want to repeat that scenario. Number two, Hamas is not Egypt's friend, if I may say. They are neighbors. Egypt clearly have huge sympathy to the people of Gaza. But Hamas took over the ruled uh, Gaza despite opposition from Egypt because they made a coup against the Palestinian Authority in 2007. Since then, they dug tunnels between Gaza and Sinai, use it for smuggling everything from weapon to food to all sorts of stuff. And that creates a huge security risk in Sinai. The northern part of Sinai become inhabited by radical groups, including ISIS, And they thrived and took opportunity of the 2011 revolution and the security softening at that time. And they inhabited North Sinai. And North Sinai, for those who never been, is actually a very complex geography with a lot of mountains and caves. To chase the radicals in those areas is hugely, hugely challenging. Egypt spent millions of pounds and dollars, actually, in eradicating terrorism in Sinai, in flooding and destroying the tunnels. And finally, this year, they start to celebrate that they finally achieved the goal. And within a few months, now they're asking them to open the border. That's a huge no-no, and is telling the Egyptian army that all your efforts you've done in the last 10 years, just wipe it out and let's start again. Nirvana, Egypt is also already struggling to manage the influx of people fleeing Sudan's civil war. Where does this fit in this broader equation? Exactly. If you look at the borders of Egypt, all the land borders, there is a crisis in Sudan, as you rightly mentioned, and a flux of refugees. There is a, uh, Libya had uh, suffered from flooding and a long-term divisions and no, no government, no government of unity in Libya. So it have a porous border with Libya, which is huge, have a porous border with Sudan, which is controlled, but with a lot of care and, uh, you know, vigilance. And now there is another border opening another war. Egypt is not a very rich country and it cannot have the ability to secure three borders at a time. No country, even in Europe, can have the ability to do so. Nirvana, you recently recorded a podcast where you talked about the encouragement for Egypt to, quote-unquote, inherit Gaza. Break this down for us. You know, what does this mean? Is this a hard no from Cairo? Yes, it is. 
if we ignore the or put aside the talk now that let's just open the door temporarily for refugees into Sinai until the war ends, there is a long history of asking Egypt to contribute to the solution of the Palestinian by allowing an extended part of Sinai to be part of Gaza for the Palestinian population to establish a state. I tried over the years since 2014 to dig who is actually behind that proposal. And people clearly said that proposal behind closed doors, but nobody wants to own it in public. But there was a lot of allegation that the Egyptian president accepted that in principle. And even before Sisi, the government of the Muslim Brotherhood welcomed allegedly that proposal. None of that is true. I mean, we can agree or disagree with Morsi, the previous president. We can agree or disagree with the current president of Egypt, Sisi, but none of them have accepted that Sinai will be part of the solution for the Palestinian cause. Sinai is part of Egypt, has always been part of Egypt since biblical time, and should not be part of any permanent solution of the Arab-Israeli conflict. This attack by Hamas Nirvana, aside from plunging the region into conflict, it looks like it has also hijacked key initiatives for peace across the Middle East Mm -hmm. and the Eastern Mediterranean, or at least put them on hold. What's the big picture here in your view, and who ultimately wins if these key diplomatic initiatives suffer setbacks? Well, as a rule of thumb in uh, my part of the world, the Middle East, when emotionalism prevails, logic disappears. And the logic is that we need to accept that peace and the coexistence is now on the back seat. Most of the countries which part of the Abraham Accord is now put on the back foot by what happened in Gaza. And anyone still open to try to discuss rationalism, myself included, has been labeled as a traitor. And you could see that there is a coordinated media part of the pro-Hamas, all sorts of others, sympathizers, who are using what is happening in Gaza to discredit those who ask for peace. And perhaps the United Arab Emirates is the most balanced up till now, but they still were forced, naturally, to condemn the murders of civilians in Gaza. Nobody wants civilians to be killed whether you are pro or anti-peace. But the pro-peace are, you know, people demanding from them to abandon the concept of peace because what happened in Gaza. And that is really alarming from my point of view. Because at the end of the day, let's remember that the main weapon Palestinian and Israelis have is not the Hamas rocket versus the Israel army. The real weapon is that they both exist in this land. Anyone think that the Israelis will pack their bag or the Gazan will pack their bag is delusional. Both will have to live together and accept each other whatever form they are happy to do. But that will make a final solution. But unfortunately, in my part of the world, solution is resented and people want you just to be part of the emotionalism cult. This Saturday, Sisi is going to host a summit around the Palestinian issue, and Greece's Prime Minister, Kyriakos Mitotakis, has announced that he will attend as well. What should we expect mm. from this summit? I think a lot of people see the attack of Hamas on Israel and what happened after as a death for the two-state solution. 
because the two-state solution was offered as the most realistic option which can give the Palestinians their dignity and can give Israel the peace and the security that the Israelis want. And it seems like the Egypt is trying to save that concept by asking all the neighbors to back down and back a rationality, if I may say. Greece and Cyprus have a lot of stake in that conflict. Number one, if the conflict not solved and increased, it will have an impact on their security. It will have an impact on refugees flooding toward Europe. It will have an impact on their economy because all the gas exploration from Israel, all the coordination between the, all those four countries will put on hold. The Libya cause and the maritime deals, gas exploration, all that will be put on hold as long as this conflict is unfolding. So, and those two countries, especially Cyprus and Greece, should be the, um, if I may say, force of rationality who support the peace camp, support a solution, support a return of rationalism, and obviously stopping others like Turkey from exploiting the situation to their own interests. So I'm glad that they are attending. Whether the conference will get results or not remains to be seen. But at least it makes the people who want to stand their common ground stay united in the face of a crisis. Nirvana, it's always great speaking with you. Thanks for joining us. You're more than welcome. Thank you. In other news, VOA reports that Greek intelligence has increased surveillance of refugee camps in the country amid radical Islamist calls for jihad in response to the Israel-Hamas conflict. Like many other countries, Greece has boosted its security, elevating its level of national alert to Code 4, just shy of the highest level possible. Intelligence officials are keeping close watch, fearing what they tell VOA is a radicalization of Islamist elements that could trigger terror attacks like the shooting deaths of two Swedish nationals in Brussels. Migration and Asylum Minister Dimitris Geridis said that while the situation in Greece is under control, the biggest concern is that a wave of migrants caused by the Gaza crisis could destabilize the region. Finally, Cypriot Interior Minister Konstantinos Ioannou welcomed the announcement of the EU's action plan for the management of migration in the eastern Mediterranean, adding that some measures have already been implemented and have brought tangible results. Ioannou highlighted that the data shows more than a 50% reduction in migrant flows from occupied territories in Cyprus in recent months. The Commission's action plan outlines measures to prevent irregular departures, combat smuggling, and provide legal pathways. Moreover, the actions under the plan will improve border management, support return and readmission cooperation, and support reception capacity. That wraps up today's episode of The Greek Current. Thanks for tuning in.